Welcome to the podcast. Today we'll talk about something that is the nightmare of so many parents, especially parents of emotionally intense kids, which is homework. <laughs> I'm sure you've lived through the nightmare if you have kids that are in school and even if you are homeschooling, working at home sometimes might feel the same way. So we'll address ways to make it less of a nightmare. And to do so, we are welcoming Kristen Scott. She has a bachelor and master degrees in elementary education. She has been a classroom teacher for 16 years and now 10 plus years as a private uh, academic tutor. She's married and has two boys. So she has the professional and personal experience of dealing with the nightmare of homework. So let's welcome Kristen. Welcome to Parenting the Intensity, where we'll talk all about how we can drop the general parenting advice that doesn't work with our emotionally intense kids anyway, and let go of the unrealistic expectations society puts on us as parents. Together, we'll find solutions and ideas that work for you and your kids. Chances are, deep down, you know what they need, but you need a little encouragement to keep going on harder days and permission to do things differently and help you fully trust that you already are a wonderful parent to your exceptional but challenging kids. Do you read all the things, listen to all the things, take all the courses, and you know a whole lot of things about parenting, but you struggle to actually apply them in your real life? Then you're in luck. I just started the Parenting the Intensity community, which is a uh, monthly group support for parents of emotionally intense kids. And the goal is exactly that, to take all the information you learn from the podcast and from all the other sources and adapt them so that it work for your child and your family, your reality, because things can work, but not always the same way for everybody. So the same thing might need to be adapted to work for you. And sometimes it's, it's hard to sort through everything to choose the right things that so that you can really enjoy your life and your kids, not always being afraid of the next outburst. You can join by clicking on the link uh, in the show notes or on the website. Welcome, Kristen, on the podcast. I'm really glad to have you here today because that topic of homework is a hot one for so many parents. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And I think you're correct. It is a hot topic. Yeah, it is. And especially I'm talking to parents of kids that are emotionally intense and the struggle is real. Most of those kids don't do homework peacefully <laughs> ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so can you introduce yourself a little and explain why you're doing what you're doing? Of course, of course. I'm Kristen Scott from Beyond the Classes. I did my undergraduate work at the University of Maine. I did my graduate work at Northern Arizona University. Both of my degrees are in elementary education. I was a classroom teacher for 16 years, then 10 years as a private academic tutor. 
I stepped away after 16 years, mainly because my two children were middle school and high school, and I felt it was important to be a present parent. Uh, My husband travels constantly with his work. He still does. So I felt one of us needed to be, you know, available to do whatever. So I ended up volunteering in their schools and doing all kinds of fun things while they were going through school. Currently, I coach parents in the area of academic approaches, techniques, and strategies for their children regarding, I say at-home learning, that sounds like homeschooling, it could be, but it's essentially homework. Mm -hmm. I try to help bridge the gap between the classroom and home, because especially the last couple of years, it's, it's become a larger gap. And there's a big struggle there as to how we can get our children to settle down usually to a different type of learning than what they do all day in the classroom mm-hmm. at home. And I feel like our parents sometimes struggle with that idea that they should know how their children should be directed into homework, or maybe they're not involved at all in homework and their child is struggling. So usually when parents come to me, they have recognized that there's an issue. They do need help, um, but they think their child needs help. They might be right <laughs> because this is how this all started when I was tutoring children and teaching classes. I always dealt with parents and I was always saying, okay, so when you go home, keep doing this with your child because this is how he gets it. Mm-hmm. And they're okay, great. Uh, and that just grew into kind of an organic situation where I continue to talk to parents all the time. I find that when I do tutor their children, I'm also tutoring the parents. Yeah. And then I felt like over the last couple of years, that it could reach further mm-hmm. due to things like Zoom and social media and things like that. Although I'm actually probably, I'm kind of a homegirl, kind of locally <laughs> based or whatever, but I like to accommodate. I like to help people. I really do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do what I do. So I enjoy helping the students and the parents to find their aha moment, if you will, mm-hmm. whatever they're struggling with. We find all kinds of different ways to get there. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to get there. And that's what I do. I'm just sort of a segue. I'm just sort of the little the entry level, hopefully, where I can turn the light on and then they can take it from there. Yeah. And I love what you're saying. You said to parents, continue to do this that way at home. And I think that's very key because oftentimes we know the child is supposed to learn, but there's so many ways to learn and it's very hard to find. And it's not all teachers that are aware of that and that cater to their students that way so just for a starter it's I can agree with that I can agree with that you know and a lot of people have different styles I think the fact that I'm a mom uh, of two boys you know I and and having a teaching degree having a master's degree I I'm always I've just always been in that industry and things just kind of flow naturally but my two kids are different I have two different learners you know they're very different one is very type a and more emotional the second is very reactive not proactive and and he'll just get to it when he's ready and so (laughs) I probably had to stop and think oh how are we going to do this one and what worked for both of them so that they could find success and they both are successful young adults and you know life is good so it does Mm -hmm. it does take work I do feel like maybe the frustration with parents comes when they feel like they should always know the answers because we're the mamas and the papas. We always should protect our babies. We always have the right answer Mm -hmm. and we don't always have the right answer. And I do applaud everyone for listening today, all your listeners really, because that tells me that they're trying, you know, they're, they're trying to find some help Mm -hmm. and that's number one, you know, number one is saying what else is out there? How can I get some assistance with this? 
I want to share some ideas with people. What mm. are you doing? You know, that helps you with your child. I noticed that you're not struggling with that uh, situation anymore. What did you do? So I, I just listen. Mm. I ask people, I'm pretty open in the beginning as far as tell me why you're here. Tell me what you need. Tell me what you think you need. Tell me what your child is doing. Do we have diagnoses behind this? What are you trying to get to? What are your teachers telling you? Have you, you know, have you sought any other outside help? I'm like, and I think just like you're asking many questions. I don't think most of us as parents know the answer to lots of those questions when we start. <laughs> we do homework because we need to do homework. It's just something that we need to, and I'm saying we do homework. <clears throat> we support our kids doing homework. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Be correct. I understand the book report at 11 o'clock the night before, but yes. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that's part of the problem, but like we, we think we, we have to do that. And we were chatting a bit before and you were talking about the fact that we're not told, we're not trained as parents. Nobody learned to be a parent, but then the child gets in school and then we are expected to know how to support them yes. in all the different things they do in school. <laughs> That's it. I think because we support them in all that they do in life, we are there, you know, we are the clear bubble over our children. We are the overall protected. However, I will say this, that I, there's so many industries I, I am clueless about. I could never, you know, help my own child medically if it were an injury to his a great degree mm -hmm. because I'm not a nurse. I would mm -hmm. need to go to the doctor. I need to go to the hospital and find a doctor or a nurse that knows about medicine. And believe it or not, there's a difference. Teachers are trained professionals. They've gone <laughs> to school for four to six to eight years to learn about methods Mm -hmm. to reach your child. You know, we learn about methods to reach children. We don't just study social studies and sciences and things like that. We learn about mm -hmm. ways to literally, I mean, we just learn how to present it to your children, hopefully in about four to five different ways in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be doing the visual, there should be an auditory, there needs to be a hands-on activity with this lesson. They need to be moving. A lot of our kids are movers and shakers. Mm -hmm. Their body mm -hmm. needs to move. Even yeah. after 10 to 15 minutes, if that little body's not moving, then they're probably not listening anymore. So we need that, you know, there's always some form of assessment. That's a scary word for people because it's always a multiple choice test or an essay. It shouldn't be like that anymore. There's so many ways to make sure that a child actually understands a concept. Yeah, true. Testing them because yeah. testing creates stress. You know, we yeah. don't need to do that to our kiddos. And we perform but, less because we perform, we're stressed. Oh, yes. I mean, I was a teacher that didn't use a red pen. Right. I had, you know, the colorful pens when I'd say to the kiddos, what color are we using today? And they think, oh, well, let's get the purple one. OK, so let's roll <laughs> with that, you know, or a pink highlighter or something that wasn't so threatening as that red pen that says see me after class. That stuff doesn't need to be like that. I hope it isn't like that anymore, but it could be. But, you know, really, we're really talking about once they get home. If we think about what they've been doing for six and a half to seven hours a day, they've been in a fairly structured environment. And I'm not saying that teachers aren't good. I'm 100% pro teacher. Mm -hmm. I support my colleagues. However, I do know that some people are stronger in this area than other people. Mm -hmm. And some children need different things during the day than, than other children. But you do have to find that norm about mm -hmm. how you can teach your lessons. So yeah. for some kiddos, it might be too much sitting. They yeah. might need to get home. They might need to just decompress. And that's yeah. what mom and dad see. It's like, are you kidding? Now they're going nuts. And, and yeah. really not. They're just telling you that I've had enough of that day. Yeah. And the rest of my day needs to look and feel like different. something else. Yeah, yes. different. Because I've had enough of being sitting down. And what you're also, we we are expected to to be teachers. 
But then right. we're not teachers. Socially, we're expected to do those those homework with our kids and be able to support them in their homework. But right. nobody told us how to do that. We didn't That's got right. the teacher's training to do that. But suddenly we're expected to do that with so right. many other things. And I work with, I've worked a lot with families of medically complex kids and they have oh. to do nurse work at home. Oh. They find themselves being nurses right. all the time for their children. And they, they do have some trainings, but not right. like it's not their job still. And Right. I think it's the same for parents. We're not teachers. So our job is not to replicate at home what right. was done at school, right? And I think too, because people feel, you know, I'm an adult. I'm, you know, I'm 35 years old. I'm not, <laughs> but let's just say <laughs> I'm past that. You know, I should know this. And I've heard this over and over where these mamas of fourth and fifth grade kiddos say, I had to teach my daughter three ways of division last night and I can't do it. What's wrong with me? And I said, well, it's not you. <laughs> there I can't remember. <laughs> and, and they equate it with I'm intelligent and you, and you are, they are uh -huh. to, I can't help my kid with math. You know, what is going on here? And then the divide grows even larger. And I think that's um, very interesting because there's that social expectation that is on our kids too, that intelligence equal being good at school. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And it leads into our parenting too. If we're not able to support our kids, we're dumb, which makes no sense. That doesn't it, mean... Right. Our parents, and that's where I think parents feel like failures and then they get frustrated and then they just try to almost do it, you know, for them, like lead the horse to water and they're trying to make him drink. Listen, we're going to get this done. We've got 30 minutes and then we have to move on. We've mm -hmm. got more things to do or whatever. And it becomes more of a struggle between the child and yes. the parent. Yes. And unless it's just calm down, becomes more of a comfort zone, a, a situation where you are investing in your child, not just spending that time with your child, you're investing. If mm. you've got 30 minutes to work, you want to feel like this is 30 minutes of growth. This is 30 minutes well spent where mm. my child is going to come away with something that will help them for the next skill, the next level. Mm -hmm. Instead of, we just have to get this done. We've got practice later on, check the box, throw it in your backpack and get ready for tomorrow. I mean, and I get it. It happens. Well, you know, yeah. I'm a parent too. <laughs> and there have been times when I've done the same thing as I've been able to step away from being a, a parent, a present parent. My kids are grown and launched. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to now look at the picture from outside the picture frame, right? Mm -hmm. Where I look back and I say, oh, if I'd only done that, this would have happened. But, and I, I sort of lead myself to that when I deal with other people and talk about their kiddos. Then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, remember when I had this situation? Do it like this, you know, tell her Instead, this, this, yeah. this, and hold her accountable for this. Her responsibility but you will hold her accountable. So those mm -hmm. two steps need to go. I have lots of little build of skills, I will say, that mm. talk about time management, the nighttime routine. Making a nighttime routine doesn't have to be 15 steps, just a few mm -hmm. little nuggets that ensure tomorrow morning will be smooth. You mm -hmm. want to go out the door in the morning with a happy child. You don't yeah. want to send an upset child to school. So there's all <laughs> kinds of things that we can do. And I promise they're comfortable. If we just sort of step back, and this is really one thing that I say a lot, take a step back. Think mm -hmm. about what's already in your home. Think about your learning environment. You know, seriously, for children that have sensitivity issues, bright lighting is a problem. Sometimes white light is just too 
right? They can't mm-hmm. settle with that. Mm-hmm. If you have a kiddo that's coming home with rocks in their pockets, things from the playground, they're probably a tactile child. They want mm-hmm. to feel things that are comfortable. They probably take off their jeans. They're done for the day and they're in a pair of sweatpants, <laughs> right? For the rest of the day. And you're like, oh no, he's already you know ready for bed. Now I've got to get homework done. No, not at all. He just wants to go to a place that's not stressful or makes mm-hmm. him think he's having to think, you know, let, let them get comfy. And my point with my program is, we need to identify what your child's learning style is. And I will say Mm. most parents probably think they know. They'll say, oh, I know my kid. I know my kid, this is it. But this is what I would recommend. And I I make no money from recommending any product, okay? Just (laughs) let that be clear. But I do recommend reading, I have a book just propped in front of me, The uh, Five Love Languages of Children. And it's by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell. Mm -hmm. I would say to any parent that is struggling, please read this book. First of all, the title might throw people off. Oh, love, you know, all that stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're really not. We're talking about how to communicate with your child and mm-hmm. how they best receive information. So it's kind of which hole do I pour the water in, right? You need to figure out which one you need to pour the water into. So mm-hmm. if you read this, I would say there are five different styles. Read the whole book. It's worth it. It's not a heavy read. It's a great read. And don't just pick the area that you think your child qualifies for. Don't just say, oh, I know he's a very tactile learner. I'm going to yeah. go to this section. Because you may find that as you read this, you surprise yourself and say, oh, my goodness, he does this too. I think he's got two learning styles, which is very possible, or even three, where you could reach them two or three different ways. But you might be trying to reach them in the wrong way after Mm -hmm. you read this book. No wonder we're not getting this done. He doesn't really receive this well. He's not really open to this, and he doesn't even know it. Children don't know what their learning style is. They just are. Yeah, of course, of course. And can we can we rewind a little and can you just explain a bit what are learning styles for parents who might not be very common? And think we we all heard of like visual and auditory, but it's more complex than that. (laughs) It is actually. So if you really uh, take a look at this book, but I'm going to read a couple of them. So the first um, learning style would be physical touch. So that one is the easiest, the most common where your kiddo really gets reinforcement by you putting your arm around them, you know, tapping them on the head saying, good job, buddy, a little squeeze, or even while you're learning high fives, knuckles, things like that, that you're physically Mm -hmm. in the same space. Um, It also might be something like, you know, they might want to make a tent over the dining room table and they might love being in there. And guess what? If that's where they want to be, join them. Take your book in there at night with a flashlight and read for your 20 minutes and just physically be where they are. And it's okay to, you know what, his feet are here and you might just tap them a little bit or whatever, but just let them know you're physically close. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of kiddos, I think that's very, very common. So, and the book will tell you that is the most common one. And then words of affirmation. Everyone Mm -hmm. likes to be praised, you know, but some kids don't hear it. Some kids are just too busy onto the next thing. So if you've got a mover and a shaker, he's looking for physical He Mm -hmm. wants to feel things and do things. He's not listening to your words. So when you say, great job, buddy, he probably didn't even hear it. But there are kids that need that. You know, Mm -hmm. they need to like, when you're finished, you need to say, listen, I know that was tough today, but you worked so hard. I'm so proud of you. And Mm -hmm. then they'll be okay. Well, uh, even though it was difficult, they know I worked hard. That really helped me, you know, just Mm -hmm. let them know that they're a part of a team and that you're not the director of the program. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's the way kids look at you do this, you do this, you do this. We have to get out the house. So you're directing the circus. You don't yeah. really want to direct it. You kind of need to be in it with them. You need to be a part of it. So family is a team and everyone has a role. So mm-hmm. another one would be quality time. And that speaks for itself. We do. And when your child's standing next to you saying, mom, will you play a game with me? Mom, can we do this? And you say in a minute, 
in a minute and you never mm -hmm. get to it, right? Your kiddo is looking for some quality time. Even if you're in the car driving to school, you know, don't turn the radio on, have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Say, I, I am so excited about your play on Friday. I cannot wait to come. Uh, whatever it is, connect with them somehow. Or you know what, sweetie, I put something special in your lunchbox today. Take a peek when you get there or talk about the book you read last night. I know we read chapter three. Can, why don't you give me a real quick recap of what chapter three is like, but mm -hmm. just communicate with your kiddo, but spend time together. Like you're in the car and they need to know that you see them in the backseat. You can make <laughs> even the car time, even 15 minutes on the way to school can be so valuable. Yeah. Um, and I think because we're always in a hurry, we're trying to think about the next thing, we're trying to make sure everyone's on time. We don't take time to do that. But it's yeah. a really easy time for you to make a big difference in your kiddos day. So yeah, that you're talking about just that transit time, because often it's hard on our days, like we get back late from work or school, and right. we have lots of things to do. And that's also another question. Do we need to do all those things? But when we have a schedule and it's hard to do, and sometimes like, I just don't have that time to take the 15 minutes. Right. It's building it in ways that we already are doing other things. hundred percent. Even chores can be done as, as time together if it's done exactly. not to get rid of the chores, but as yeah. an act family activity, for example. Exactly. You know, if somebody has, you know, folding laundry as their, their chore, it's one of their chores, you know, maybe just pop in there for a quick three or four minutes, fold a couple shirts, have a little bit of a one-on-one -on -one conversation that pertains to only your child and not the whole family mm -hmm. and not the other kids, not whatever. But that is the other thing I would say is, and you brought up a very good point. We really need to step backwards, take it down one level and think about how we can work it into our, our everyday life as it already is. Mm -hmm. We don't need to bring on another program and another mm -hmm. section, right? So if you're searching for tutoring or help for your child, oh, well, we've got these books and we've got this whatever you can do with your child to help them with their skills. Ooh, unless you're going to build that into your homework time already. But I would mm -hmm. say don't bring on another something. If your child's struggling in math, let's talk about candy bar fractions. I mean, you can break candy bars into fractions, right? We can do it yep. and it's fun for them. We can do baking. You can do categorization categories mm -hmm. with beads. Mm -hmm. And then after you do that, you can make a pattern. You can string them on a pipe cleaner and make art if your child is that tactile child. So there's mm -hmm. stuff that's in your house already, ways that you probably just didn't realize that if we're struggling with addition, let's just say addition. Do you have dice in your house? Make a game, get a mm -hmm. sticky note make two columns, roll the dice 10 times. They have to add, right? Mm -hmm. And whoever ends up with the highest score, that's great. Or playing cards or things that are just right there at your fingertips that you can just work into the situation. Put Scrabble pieces on your table so that if you're hanging out, talking to somebody, your kiddo might do spelling words right there. I mean, mm -hmm. you can work that in. Sweetie, go grab your list. You can work on those while we chat or while dad and I do this and they can be with you to do things like that. Where mm -hmm. I think we can, if we just really did look at our 10 to 15 minute time, periods where we think that, oh, that's wasted space. I've got to go here and here. I'm losing time today. You're not really losing time if you plan properly, but mm -hmm. you have to kind of plan it. Your, your child's not going to plan that. They're not going to say, hey, mom, let's do my book review in the car on the way to school to use our time efficiently, right? Nope. <laughs> but you have to come up with that. But that that's another part of creating the structure for your child, but mm -hmm. allowing 
flexibility within the structure. So the structure is like the outer four walls of your house. That's going to stand. We are going to have homework time every day. Mm -hmm. I will be doing some work with you every day because I want to make sure you and I are on the same page. However, if it's 15 minutes in the car on the way to practice and it's another 15 minutes after you take your shower, that's okay. We still got Mm -hmm. our 30 minutes. So it's like that. The outside of your house is the structure. The inside of your house, the rooms decorate as you need to, right? Mm -hmm. Figure Mm -hmm. out how you can make it work. However that day looks, I love consistency for kiddos. Like after dinner time, I like a little routine there. I think it calms the day, but that may not be your world. You may just Mm -hmm. need to say, we don't calm down until everyone's in bed. Okay. (laughs) Well, then you need a little something somewhere that tells you what every child needs to accomplish for the day and how you're going to help them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. so let me get back to those learning styles. So number four would be gifts. And I don't mean necessarily buying gifts all the time, but you no, have no. a kiddo that makes artwork for you, draws pictures mm-hmm. for you. Gives you flowers and rocks all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I find rocks in my house <laughs> a lot. We have little grandkids and, and they show up a lot. So little things like that, little things they build for you on the outside of your patio that you found after they went back home or something like that, which is mm-hmm. really sweet. They want to do for you. Those are your doers. And and we do need to recognize and appreciate because they, they have a real soft heart, they're givers. And so mm-hmm. that's how we can just know that that's their, their way to receive. So if you approached them like saying, hey, you know something, let's you and I take special time to go and paint some rocks or just something special, yeah. just give them back a little time, but product. And I get that, that kind of qualifies for the quality quality of time things like also, that yeah but um it but can be great. also I, I used to do that my daughter is time. big on one of my daughters being on gift <laughs> and when she, I went back to work at some point she was struggling with me being away and I was drawing sure. something and giving it to her so oh. it, it it's not like and I'm really bad she's better than I am she always has <laughs> been better than I am she really is an artist which I'm not an artist in this way but she, it was just like we were exchanging drawings basically right so one day I would give him one and then she would give me one and that yeah. way we would give gifts but it didn't cost anything but exactly yeah paper and, you, and pen right. but I mean <laughs> yeah and that's from the heart and that's that's just something that's just their way of giving and receiving I will say this too and it, this is in the book like if you have a parent that travels a lot mm-hmm. so sometimes maybe that parent might bring back a little something maybe there's a something special that your daughter collect you know would collect maybe yeah. spoons or maybe a little stuffed animal or maybe Maybe it's a magnet from each place or whatever. And it's a small little something. That gift is totally fine and appropriate because it allows Mm -hmm. that child to realize that while my dad was away or my mom was away, they were thinking about me. Yeah. Yeah. And when they bring it back, then the child has that visual as well. I mean, an actual tactile Mm -hmm. product, but can also see it. And that emotion goes to that object. Like, okay, my dad went to Australia when while he was there. He thought, thought of me, me because he, yeah. he picked up this magnet for me or my dad went to Florida on a, on a business trip. And while he was there, he went to his old college and he brought back something from there because he wanted to share that with me. So mm-hmm. things like that um, make mm-hmm. a difference. And the last one would be acts of service. And this is more like your kiddo wanting to please you as far as, Hey mom, I did the dishes for you. Um, and it, things like, they, they need, they want to be recognized by being the doers, right? Mm-hmm. The, the doers and the shakers. And, and we need to recognize them for being the doers and the shakers, but realize that when you're trying to connect with that person again, that's their thought process. They feel good doing something for you. So let them feel good doing something for you. You said, mm-hmm. Hey, it's really important that we work on a schedule for you for your nighttime routine. Would you do me a favor and think about the four or five things that you 
really feel need to happen at night. Let them let them be the person to bring it to you. Although you know in your mind what you need to have them do. <laughs> it's all about the approach, remember? So, yeah. so let them think they made the decisions or at least brought you ideas. Um, and that will help them to feel more meaningful in making mm-hmm. the decision. And they buy into it. If mm-hmm. they felt they're part of it or they created it, they're going to do it more than yeah. you and I saying, I made you a list of 15 things. Of I want you to check it off every night. And that's going to last for not even a night. <laughs> They're not going to want to do that. <laughs> it's never right? going to work. <laughs> and then it's going to be a worse battle. So anyway, this, so though, I would say that back to my five love languages, I definitely think that's the place to start for people, mm-hmm. you know, that are maybe already struggling and I don't know what to do. Now I'm searching for, I'm listening to, okay, go grab this book. You can get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can, I, I bought mine in the bookstore, actually went and ordered three in the bookstore and I loan them out to friends or people that, you know, need some help and they bring it back. It's like a library checkout system. Yeah. And I'm sure it exists in audio format for probably on audible. Yeah. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it exists that way for the listeners here. And I know I'm not that I don't have a lot of time to read. So I prefer listening to podcasts yeah. for that reason, but books Absolutely. can be read on in audio format. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So you that's also an option. That. So would you say that? When you have a child that is struggling with work and it's Mm -hmm. hard, just want to recap a little, like finding ways to do them differently, basically is the answer. Yes, it's the answer. It is. And, and because you've been trying so many other ways, you know, you've tried everything, you know, right. Mm -hmm. You do, you tried the, and here's the thing. We all try the way that we learned, (laughs) right. This is how my parents did it. So I'm going to do it with my child. We Mm -hmm. don't live in the same world, right. Mm -hmm. Technology is everywhere. Social media is everywhere. I used to say this to my parents when I was teaching quite a while ago. I said, I cannot compete with your child's video games. <laughs> I'm not nearly as animated. As <laughs> my head doesn't spin. And I don't have four <laughs> to five different notifications behind me. You know, even if you watch the news changing today, background, <laughs> things are spinning. there's weather in the corner. We've got a t- like a tracker up top. We've got noise in the background. We've got another person over here. There's really, if you watch the news, there's four to five or maybe more different stimuli on that screen at every single moment. Yeah. Like we don't focus on one thing anymore. It's it's yeah. just an overload. And I think we need to narrow that down for our kiddos and make it simple. And we think it's another job to do and it's not. Step back a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of like a funnel, bring it down to simplicity. Think about what we're missing here. What's the struggle? How can I approach this differently? What do they enjoy? How mm-hmm. do they receive their information the best? How do they learn the best? And how can we work together the best? But be flexible as a parent. You need to bend a little bit because remember, your child's gone to work for six and a half to seven hours, right? And they're still children. So we assume that because we process something a certain way, that they can process it the same way as well. And our Mm -hmm. brain's not fully developed until we're what, mid Mm twenties. So they're not even capable sometimes of processing what we expect them to process. So it's really important, right? That we kind of lay out and it doesn't have to be a whole dissertation. It just needs to be a couple simple little sentences Mm -hmm. and inviting environment, you know, invite them into, Hey buddy, you know something? I have 15 minutes before we do whatever. And I put that brain quest in the back of the car. Do you see it right there? Let's do some trivia. Or if it's homework, let's go over your spelling words. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have that child that it, that's more for kiddos that can are a little more visual and auditory. 
a lot of kids these days are very tactile. They mm -hmm. really do need to touch and move and do things. Mm -hmm. So you want to find ways for them to use their body, you know, whether it's the shaving cream on a cookie sheet and the spelling words mm -hmm. in there, or there's so many different ways, you know, Scrabble pieces on a table are so easy and you can check those off as you go. And it doesn't have to be a designated homework, 30 minutes, nobody else in the house move. We need absolute silence. It kind of needs to happen as life goes around you, you know, yeah, yeah. So invite that to be kind of part of what we all do. And you know what, I'm going to have 15 minutes with Sam. Okay, you guys, you take care of you go get your shower or whatever. And then mm -hmm. give those 15 minutes if they know that you designated specifically for them. They're going to buy into it more than if you just say, listen, buddy, I need to get this done. We've got stuff to do yeah, helping yeah. anyone. But it happens because parents get tired and yeah. they really do. I have to finish my list. I've got to do what my children all need this. And if I check it off, I've done it. Mm -hmm. really if, for it. example, you have kids that have been fighting work for a while, I guess it might be hard to say, like, we're going to do things differently that the kids won't necessarily be on board because they have a very negative association with the word right homework. yes and the concept <laughs> of doing homework exactly um, would you stop doing them for a while or would you have any transition suggestion for for Good this one. situation obviously you know your child struggles if you have the struggle with them right you're mm -hmm. trying to get yeah. something done and it's not happening so i think if you can again i'm always about taking a step back but if you can just kind of deflate the situation so that's not escalating and being a struggle and just say what is it about this that um, makes you feel uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. What is it about this that you don't like? Tell, help me understand what I can do. So let's just say, for example, your kiddo comes home from school at the end of the day, they should have a homework folder. They might need time for a snack. They might need to watch a little TV, roll around, just deprogram whatever it is. But then you need to meet them before it gets to be after dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of go into their space a little bit in the living room and say, okay, let's talk about your day real quickly. Five minute timeout, turn off the TV, whatever. Tell me what you tell me what you know, go get your homework folder or tell me what your homework looks like. Oh, I have to do such and such and such. And then your next question is, how can I help you? Because we don't ever say that. We don't say, how can I help you? We say, mm -hmm. all right, let's go. And we sit down and we start doing it the way we think it should be done. Mm -hmm. And you just need to say to them, how can I help you? And they may say, well, if you can read the words to me and then I spell them out loud, then that will that would be good. Or I didn't get a good grade on whatever in my math today and I I don't know how to do it. I say, okay, let's let's lay it out. Let's look and see. Tell me what the teacher did. Well, she wrote on the board, then she had us do a game, and then we did whatever. Okay, well, maybe that didn't work out. So you want to do something maybe more physical. Um, again, dice, cards. You can use a cribbage board and have a race. I mean, simple little things that you really can come up with spur of the moment. You have to let them know that you understand they are struggling. You don't have to use the word struggling because they don't feel good when No. You know, it's like an adult tells them they're struggling. Oh, I'm less than I'm not worthy. But just mm -hmm. say, I understand this can be hard for you. We always in life, we will always find things that are difficult for us. But we're problem solvers. So let's figure out how to solve the problem. What is it you need me to help you with today? Well, I don't know how to divide. Okay, let's look at you what you brought home. Let's see what we have here. And then you think about this. Or maybe it's I need to work on my multiplication. Mom, go get some little paper plates. Go get your M&Ms. Make them all the same color. Don't put those multicolored in there. That's another stimuli. And just say three times two, three plates, two M&Ms, count them all. It's six. That was fun. And at the end of the activity, maybe you do that several times, you write it down and you eat them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they feel like they got a little satisfaction after doing it. Plus they got mm -hmm. to use their hands, right? And mm -hmm. it was something that was right there at home. 
And it wasn't a whole, here's a paper, here's a pen. For some kids, black and white fight. And that sounds crazy, but it's the black print on yeah. a white paper. It, sometimes it's just hard to look at. You can get mm -hmm. a colored overlay, those little pocket folders. You can cut them and lay them over it. And it just dulls the color. Like a there's a peach color. The contrast is less intense yeah. then. So there's, yeah. we don't really know what's overstimulating them. Mm -hmm. And we need to just try some things to kind of bring down the situation. And sometimes it is something like that. Like checking your lighting, making sure that they're in a comfortable situation. They want to work on the living room floor, work on the living room floor. If that's where you have success. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're rolling around having a tantrum and they're totally distracted, then you need a different yeah. approach, right? Yeah. But that's what we're talking about today is we have to figure out how it is they best learn, what's their style and how you can provide that style with things that are most likely right in your own home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some kids have more struggle and For example, they're expected to do 30 minutes of homework, but the amount of homework they have doesn't fit in that 20, 30 minute at all. Like it takes, right. and I, I was one of those kids, like For it sure. takes two hours to do the same. And yeah, right. there's part of it that is the fighting and the procrastination because we don't want it or afraid of not being able to. There's many reasons for it. But right. I've heard for from some teachers that it's better to send that school in at school not done and do just 30 minutes than to go up to two hours and send it back done because then the teacher doesn't know that there's a problem. Yeah. And so I guess I would say, and you just about hit on it right there is I think that's a conversation. That's where you call the teacher, make an appointment and you go in and you can take your child with you if you want to during, I'm all about including the child. It's, you know, it's their, mm -hmm. it's their school. I mean, their situation, yeah. their work, or if you feel you need an adult conversation to kind of maybe figure out some strategies and approaches, then, then just don't include your child the first time, but then yeah. plan to bring them back for a conversation. And I would say, okay, help me out here. This is not a 30 minute activity at home. And when he does settle down to the table, we are working on this work together, or we are sitting together. I am helping him. We are reading. Reading, but it's not making sense or he's not understanding. And then the teacher will tell you, okay, well, this is what I do see at school as well. Or mm -hmm. I did see that at school. And when I did this with him, he was able to work better under this situation. So I definitely think that communication is key. I just am all about working with the teacher if possible. And I think they would say to you like, okay, let's, let's do what you can. Yeah. Do send it back to me. I will be able to see, and, and we need to figure out how we can bridge that gap, make that mm -hmm. work. Everyone's different. So it's really hard to tell, especially what the, what the subject is, what the content is. So this is something people probably don't know. So the jump from third grade to fourth grade is very large. And you would never think that thinking my kiddo eased right in there. Not a big change. They grew a lot and we had to buy new clothes, <laughs> but oh, well, it's really, really difficult because kindergarten through third grade is called primary school. And you learn all of the skills on how to read the phonics of everything about how to read, how to pronounce letters. The, the, first of all, there are symbols. The symbols are letters. The symbols make sounds. You put the symbols together. They mm -hmm. make more sounds. You put them in a sentence. They make a thought. You put them in a paragraph. They make an idea. You put them in a story or a, a chapter in a social studies book or whatever. And there's an entire concept. So mm -hmm. there are tiny little steps there that have to take place. If that's not strong from in yeah. my third grade, this is where we see a lot of the struggles, honestly. And I taught fourth grade for almost my entire career, my teaching career. And, and I totally understand this. Fourth grade through the rest of your life, you will be reading to learn information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have a strong foundation 
by the time you leave third grade. Everything is a struggle. Everything is a struggle because you're yeah. reading this paragraph that you're not really a great reader. You, you can say it. You can decode the words. You sound mm-hmm. like you're a great reader. But if you can't go back and tell somebody what that said and understand it, then you are really not reading it. And that is really where a lot of kids don't understand because they'll say, I read it. I did it. I did it mm-hmm. for 20 minutes. They told me to read the chapter. I read the chapter. But did they totally understand the chapter? No. And that's probably where a lot of the things like what you're talking about, like it doesn't take us 30 minutes, it's two hours. Mm-hmm. The retention or the comprehension, I should say, is probably not as strong as it should be. And mm-hmm. so getting those K through three reading skills cemented is key. Mm-hmm. And COVID did not help anybody. We've got no. two years in between there, where especially those kiddos that were first, second, third graders mm-hmm. didn't get the one-on-one learning to read, although they did have school, but it was online. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're starting to see a lot of the gaps now are those fourth and fifth graders and sixth graders, because they missed a lot of content, but they also missed a lot of skills that they are yeah. expected to automatically know right now. Yeah. And I think that could be as we said, an entire other podcast, because yeah. we didn't change the program once we go, we went back. And I think nobody anywhere changed the program. We just keep going, kept going, but without really catching up on we, doing You're exactly right. Up, yep. The know. expectations stayed the same. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with what teachers have to get done for the year, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. it's, it, there's just so it's many too guidelines. Much. It's yeah. too much. It's too and much. Nobody, and- Yeah, it could take the time to take a step back and say, okay, we're going to learn, you know, this foundational concept, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to take us three weeks, but we're going to do this. There isn't a classroom in in the world, well, in the US anyway, that would say, we're going to take three weeks off and step back and then start over. So that's six weeks lost. Yeah, I I didn't hear any country doing that on an organized level. I would need to, I'm curious, I would need to look further into that. But yeah, yeah, definitely that was an added stressor. And I think also for lots of families, that period was a, we lost control over screens completely during that period for most kids because they had to be, it was the only way to learn and connect with the world. And so screen took way more space in our life uh, during that period. And so (laughs) I think that's also a problem because it was very, and I have older kids and they were tween on during COVID and then at the age they add, it's hard to go back and remove screen much more than it is to add it. Oh, it is. And you know, our society doesn't encourage doing that, right? No. The technologist just keeps going further and further and further. Yeah. I definitely do think the screens were difficult. So do, so think about, you know, our child learned on the screen for a year to a year and a half mm-hmm. and now they're expected to go back. Um, it, and, and read a textbook, you know, which yeah. is black and white and dull and nothing and whatever. And they're just used to having a lot of our programs are, well, they are academic. There's some really good academic programs out there. Our kids go to the computer lab when they're little and they get to do math games. And that's wonderful. They're learning mm-hmm. how to use a keyboard, how to control a computer, but they're also learning a skill. I would definitely say that is a great thing. However, Think about the stimulus. Think about, you know, the dancing bears and the little numbers that drop and the noises that happen on that screen. And then think about when you hop into, let's say, fourth grade, right? Because I'm experienced in that area specifically. And you get to look at black and white book. Mm -hmm. It's It's boring. (laughs) It's boring. And honestly, they're looking at it, but they're not... They're not absorbing it because it's not dancing, singing and making, you know, it's just something. So the skill is different, 
they're not ready for it and they should be, but because we had some mm-hmm. issues that happened, that happens anyway, a lot of times in fourth yeah. grade, I'd say. just that jump from third to fourth is a, is a big one. And so a lot of times there's issues anyway. Another thing I would say, if we have a minute or two to do this is yeah. parents pay attention to birth order. Hmm. Birth order is interesting because think about this. You have your first child, you have everything to offer that child. That child has everything to look at. We're going to expose them to all of the wonderful sounds, toys. We're teaching them where everything that they do, we notice every little everything Mm -hmm. because we're presenting it to them and we're doing everything with them. Let's say two years later, you have another child. You (laughs) don't have that time. (laughs) (laughs) Second child get 100% of your time. It does not, right? Never. When they get older, let's say you've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and the three-year-old is where? right behind the five-year-old. The Mm five-year-old is doing, seeing, exploring, and making decisions for himself. And the three-year-old is behind going, oh, he turned left. I'm going with him. I'll just go this way, right? Oh, he picked up the ball. I'll pick up the ball. The three-year-old doesn't think, why do I want to pick up the ball? I want to pick up that ball. They don't explore as much. So Mm -hmm. if you do have those kiddos that are kind of close in age, then I would just say, try really hard to give those kiddos that are not your firstborn their own exploratory situations where they can learn to make decisions on their own and they can process information. They can explore. They just Mm -hmm. need to be able to to look, to see, to make a decision and, and develop those skills. So if you're having issues with your kiddos and it happens to be more so with like number two, number three, Think about what their view looks like. Is it the mm-hmm. back of their sibling that's ahead of them? Yeah. Or are they getting to see their own world? Their own they, world, their they, own little person, and they're, they can develop their own interest and not just following exactly. the bigger sibling. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. And they might they, they, they will have definitely other experience, other learning styles, other struggles, and right. it's not going to work the same. And we also, as parents, tend to, if it works with the first one, we're going to do the same thing, right? Which, right, it worked. A hundred percent. And keep in mind that, too, the second child, you know, their learning style is maybe what they think it should be because of what they have seen, right? Mm-hmm. So they've adapted to that because it's what they think they should be doing. That's what the older child does. But their brain really wants to do it another way. And so mm-hmm. now they might be this way. And sometimes we say, oh, that child very scattered. Well, I don't know if they're very scattered, but it's more like a coping skill. They, they sort of, they're usually doing it like this because that's how their, their older sibling has done it or their parents expect it. But yet they see this over here and that's really probably how they would learn if they had their own opportunity. So we do need to open up those avenues a little bit more to all of our kiddos to say, you know, you show me how you would like, how do you want to do your spelling words today? And they might say, what do you mean? Well, you can write them on a piece of paper. We can use some Scrabble Mm -hmm. tiles. Mm -hmm. We can put uh, shaving cream on a cookie sheet. You can use your finger. And then they can choose or try different things and see what they love better. Playing Mm -hmm. outside, go grab a stick. Let's do it right now. We don't have to take 15 minutes inside. I've got the list right here. Let's, you know, let's just do it for fun or let's just do something different today. But notice what they navigate towards. Because if they're always stepping away from the pen and paper and the table kind of situation and headed towards something that's really more physical, Mm -hmm. that's how they learn so you do want to try to create those um, situations for them Mm -hmm. and personally all the homeschooling resource was helpful because in the homeschooling world you have a lot of those different ideas and I found that really inspiring even I homeschool per moments in my children's curriculum but not all the way Mm -hmm. and I still use some of those homeschooling 
tips or techniques when I was not homeschooling because for homework, it's really useful for sure. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm personally, and I'm sure I'm not alone, not someone will have those ideas by myself. <laughs> uh, listen, again, it's a great resource, right? I mean, you can yeah. collaborate with other people, talk about how things can look and what, and then sort of present it to your child and then watch and see how they, what they do with it, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. I, I mean, learning happens everywhere. Yeah. And I think that people need to realize that, you know, it's not just um, Monday through Friday when the kids are in school, they learn everywhere. I mean, take them to, we happen to live near the coast. So take them to the coast and let them explore the little tide pools with the crabs and, you know, take a picnic, sit outside. They learn about the seagulls. They can talk to the park ranger Mm -hmm. and you can encourage those different interactions with them. They may not approach a park ranger on their own. So Mm -hmm. maybe you have a question for the park ranger that brings them in and then ask the children, did you want to ask him anything? And maybe by then they will say, oh yeah, I was wondering about Mm -hmm. the whatever. We've just learned about so many things like science and relationship and yeah, everything I mean there's so leading your question and like yeah there's so many go right and, and how learn. would it take us in a classroom setting to approach these different things and, and you know and we probably wouldn't anyway but nope. uh, yeah so life experience to me is is a great teacher homeschooling is very difficult you can be really good at it and I have there's some rock star moms around me they're doing a great job mm-hmm. and they are amazing and it's wonderful but other people that think you know I'm going to homeschool because I'm mad at the school I'm going to pull my child out that if you're not really wanting to homeschool that's just going to be a very difficult situation so mm-hmm. communication's key I say I, honestly teachers want to help but communication is key and it really does take flexibility and compromise on everybody's yeah. um, part but not everyone's the same we don't have cookie cutter children and our, our world changes every day where there's more and more and more stimulus out there. So it's not like it used to be where desks, chairs, teachers, that was it. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. Yeah, that's the, that's good because it was not the best for learning. Yeah, for it sure. wasn't the greatest structure either, right? So I do believe in some structure, but, yeah. uh, but I also believe in flexibility within the structure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think the bottom line is really figure out where your child is as far as the learning style and meet mm-hmm. them where they where are. They are. Yeah. You know, meet them there and then figure out together how you could make this work. And if you don't have ideas, like literally you figure like, like okay, I, I know that I'm reading this book and I see this, this is my child hundred percent, but mm-hmm. I don't know what to do here. You can, well, you can call your teacher, I would say, mm-hmm. or whoever's with them most all day and say, all right, help me out here. She loves to do it this way. Mm -hmm. I am stumped for ideas and they may say, oh yeah, yeah, well we do this and try that or talk to other parents or whatever you need to do, but Mm -hmm. find ways to meet your child. Really, you don't have to do this alone. I think everybody is looking for Yeah, Yeah. We want to have support. And I think that's what you're saying is very important to just go with what they need and also stop thinking about homework as the pen and paper worksheet thing. We can go out of that and do things differently and help our kids learn other other ways and if it's necessary because the teacher is sending sheets and it's not working then talking to the teacher if it's not something that's working with our children that was a great recap absolutely yeah Yeah, because not everyone is a pen and paper kind of child and no we need something more meaningful and we're not trying to tell the teacher how to teach but we're just saying listen i need to help me out here yeah doesn't work for my child doesn't mean it's not i I want them to learn is there another way we could do this at home you know other than whatever and it might be you know well okay well if you read a paragraph to them and then 
then they told you what you said and then they read a paragraph and then they told you what they said. You know, you can get through it faster like that. They may have suggestions like that. Yeah. A storybook, if you're reading an actual book, maybe you're reading the same book. You're reading, you're reading it as well. And it might be that you're not reading it at the same time. You might read it at night and make sure what the book is all about because then you want to ask the right questions to your kiddo if they have trouble in comprehension. Things like that, that you can do kind of a little, you just make it part of your world or, or do sit with them. You have a copy, they have a copy. And that's kind of fun because it's very grown up that way. Instead of you sharing one book and nudging each other over or whatever, yeah. we'll make a copy of something and use a highlighter. Let them play the kiddos that yeah. are just reading. Yeah. Anything, basically anything works as long as it works. <laughs> I, think so. I think variety is the spice of life here. So. Yeah, definitely love that. So many yes. ideas that we would need to make a list. <laughs> really love that so thank you very much you already shared that books is there any other yes. resource you would like to share or that's the main you know, one I would say start there that's okay. the big one start there and a lot of times I think if again if you just take a step back once you read that book and kind of look around and get a feel and figure out how you can de-escalate the situation because if you're looking for this you're already struggling figure out how you can find a comfort zone find them where they learn best and then move forward that way And mm -hmm. keep the lines of communication open with your teacher. Mm -hmm. And and I think, I hope that helps. I mean, there's all kinds of approaches, strategies, techniques. Just figure out what's fun and what works for you. Yeah. And if parents want to work with you, is there a way, even if they are not local, to work with you? Absolutely. You know what? Yeah, I do actually do video at Zoom. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I do have a website. So I can be reached at beyondtheclasses.com. Yeah. And that's if you have a situation, you're not sure if you really need to have a meeting, a session, but you might have a quick question or something, or we just figure out how to connect with each other. You drop mm -hmm. a message and, sure. and we can connect somehow that way. I am on Instagram at Beyond the Classes, and I do have Facebook at Beyond the Classes. I'm not hugely active on social media, to be honest. My business is that's just okay. sort of organically grown. Mm -hmm. um, it's very comfortable for me. I enjoy what I do. I find myself always talking with kiddos or parents about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so just I uh, reach out right. if you need something. I'm happy yeah. to help. Well, happy to help. The link and the, the show notes for the social media and website so that people can easily reach out if they need uh, anything with their homework time or learning time <laughs> in general. Right. So thank you very much for being here. Uh, thank it was you. very interesting. Thank you. I appreciate the time. I'm so glad you joined me today and took that time out of your intense life to focus on finding a new way to parent that works for you and your kids. To get the episodes as soon as they drop, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rating and review so other parents can find it too. Also, check out all the free resources on my website at familymoments.ca so you can take action on what's the most important for you right now. And take a deep breath, keep going, We're all in this together.